Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Chronicles. I am your co-host, Brian Stone, and serial entrepreneur. I'm sure you guys have heard this before, but this show is not your typical business show. We talk about stories across the board, all industries, all topics. It has become the Swiss Army knife in the podcast space for business owners, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs. Um, and keep in mind, a small business is anything up to 100 employees. So we have uh, communities of all sizes here. So I'm really excited to talk today about something that I'm passionate about as a parent, and that is early childhood development. We're actually um, talking about the franchise space and the uh, early childhood development space. Um, so I'm really excited about our two guests that we have uh, today. So I'm actually with um, Ivy Kids, um, and uh, the the gentlemen that are joining me today are uh, Amin Bandali and Dick Wren. Uh, Amin is the CEO for Ivy Kids, and Dick came on to um, help them grow and be director of franchise development. So I know we're going to have a great conversation about their story, so we'll jump right into it. Gentlemen, how are you today? Doing great. Happy to be here. Doing great. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about um, why you guys started, because this show is all about stories, right? We, we love hearing the stories in business and um, hearing about passionate uh, leaders like yourselves. So what was really the start of um, Ivy Kids? Yeah. So I think uh, being in a small business, being in entrepreneurship was very much ingrained uh, in me in a young age uh, with my parents and family. Um, my parents, Al and Layla, actually started uh, Ivy Kids. You know, we opened our first business, our first location in Pearland, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston. And during that time, I was very involved, uh, even from a young age. You know, it was driving every weekend with my dad, us looking at sites, us, you know, speaking with brokers, uh, me sitting in on, you know, if there was a developer being brought in and, and talking about the site to watching the construction every day. So my dad and I, we didn't really throw around the football. We bonded over real estate and over business. Um, and really, I got to see firsthand how they pursued it. You know, they wanted quality care for my brother and I when they were young, when we were young, you know, we were put in mom and pop uh, schools and there was not a lot of learning. It was a traditional daycare. So we would just come back with bumps and bruises. My parents never knew what led to that, you know, and there wasn't really a curriculum or, or, or structure at some of these programs. And they wanted to develop a school that was education first. And, uh, you know, that was an inspiring vision. It led to a great uh, enrollment and, and, and a really successful business. And, um, you know, during college and, and afterwards, I'd always been interested in going back. I thought we, my parents had built an amazing brand and um, that's kind of why I am back at Ivy Kids today, um, now kind of leading the brand and, uh, and helping it grow with other uh, business owners. So where did the name come from? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, uh, as I said, my family and I, we've worked really close together and, and it was my brother and I sitting in the car, we were brainstorming names and it was kind of a combination of um, Ali and I and, and saying, hey, how about Ivy Kids as a name? And, uh, you know, we had a lot of really um, interesting oddball names out there and and uh, that one really stuck. And I think it's the fact that, hey, we are um, looking for high quality care, um, you know, 
Uh, and, and I think Ivy Kids really promotes learning, really promotes development. And, and that's kind of how we, we finalize that name. Love it. Love it. Love and, and, you know, just, just for context for, for the people that are listening, you know, this isn't your typical, um, you know, business, right? I mean, you guys are at 17 locations. You've got nine more that are on the way. They're in development, right? I mean, there, it's clear that you, your strategy to being education first, instead of just being, you know, respite care, right, is effective and really resonating with parents. I mean, I, I know that that's what I looked for uh, for my son, and it's it's not always easy to find, right? Absolutely. I mean, parents are getting much more educated on the importance of high quality care for, for a young age. You know, investing in an education first learning environment pays massive dividends in that child's life. In fact, $1 spent there is much has a much better return on that child's career than $10 spent if that child was at a top university. So parents see that, hey, they're both working, you know, they need care for their children. They want something that's education-based. They see the social, emotional components too, where their child is exposed to other children, exposed to teachers. And that allows for an even smoother transition when they go into kindergarten and when they go to an elementary school environment. So all of those things we really try and, and foster in our school. In addition to that, we have cafeterias and we have a kitchen on site. We don't cater. We don't expect the parents to pack a lunch every single day. We cater to dietary restrictions. We have a very, uh, you know, health-based food program, and that also pays dividends in the classroom as well. You know, there's a there is a great link between how children respond with great food and how they're learning and what the classroom environment feels like too. So all of these different components, we 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 really took the childcare model and we broke it out. We thought, hey, how can we improve on each piece? And I think that's led to the success of our brand today. Well, and I, I, I want to ask, um, you know, what is in it for a franchisee? And and again, we're we're here for the story. When we want to, we want to talk about um, um, other things on our show. But I am curious as to you know, there's a lot of different options out there. Why would a potential investor choose to start a location with you guys versus just doing it on their own? Great question. Uh, I, I'll take that and then I'll I'll pass the baton over to Amin because I think one of the distinguishing features of our business model is that we are really focused on growing with the right franchise partner. This isn't about growing with exponential numbers. It's growing the business and having the theory of our business, children first, safety first, education, great environment, uh, and and being involved with your community, your community and, and everything to do around uh, how do we foster a, a loving environment and, and bring that to your community and bring it to places that need a business like ours and, and finding the right partner that matches up with those values and that's how we take the approach of when we're actually taking people through the discovery process is as much as they're learning about us, we're learning about them to see to see if they match up um, because it, it's a large investment. It's a large 
commitment uh, from a time standpoint, and it's a long-term commitment. And so we want to make sure that those mash up, match up, oh. and, and and work to the advantage of both parties because it always has to be a win-win. Uh, in opposed to it being a, a beneficial only for the franchisor, I think there's a there's a misconception in that in the business that it, it's really all about the franchisor, but in reality, it's about the franchisor passing on what they've developed over time to the franchisee to take those principles and processes and standards and then apply them to their own business. And so, uh, you know, we feel really strongly about that. Well, and, and you're, you're not new to this, Dick. I want to talk a little bit about your background because we've heard from Amin, but, I, but you, you're not new to the franchise space, right? You have a history outside of education, right? Early childhood education in the franchise space. So, so tell me a little bit about why you would shift from the business world of franchises into working uh, on behalf of, of these locations and, and being education-minded with kids. That's a great question. Uh, I'm a little bit like you in the sense that I was a serial entrepreneur at, at a very young age. Um, got in, into my first business um, in my mid-20s and eventually uh, became a multi-unit owner of, of a specific brand and did that for a number of years. We got up to five locations, uh, eventually uh, sold those businesses and transitioned into a area developer, area director business model where I had the rights to a specific brand uh, in North Carolina. I did that for over uh, 10, 12 years, uh, developed about 75 units and uh, had a multitude of responsibilities and then eventually did that with two other companies. And every one of those uh, had within my contract just buyout clauses where if the parent company was sold, that they had the right to take us out, which they did, and which is fine. Um, and and then I eventually said, okay, what's what am I going to do when I grow up, so to speak? Uh, and, and I felt that I was really good at 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 development, even though I had other skills with real estate and operations and and design and construction things like that. But the development side was about matching people up. And, and finding the right partners for the right business model. And uh, eventually landed with the opportunity to, to talk to Amin and his company. And, and after doing an extensive research on Ivy Kids, it, it really resonated and made a lot of sense to, to have the opportunity to come help them grow their company. So it's, it's really, it's a fun side to help someone else grow their company. Um, I've grown my own, but it, it, it's, it's, it's really exciting. Well, and I, want to, I, I want to commend you for that shift too, because I, I, and I've seen this happen before, but I always appreciate seeing someone make a shift and utilize their skills that may have been intended, you know, initially for a totally different industry and apply it to something that they're passionate about that really provides a lot of value for the communities that they, that, that they serve. And, and clearly that's, that's a uh, that's a good match between the two of you, right? To have those different uh, skill sets. So it kind of reminds me. Have you guys read the book um, Rocket Fuel? I have not. Reading it right now, uh, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's you guys to a T. So, uh, and I won't spoil the whole book because uh, I would butcher it. But you know, they talk about having the visionary and then having the integrator, and and they talk about you know it really taking um, two different skill sets. 
um, and some people have both, but most of the time you've got in any organization, um, both of those in different seats. And when you combine them, it really, really creates a lot of momentum, hence the name Rocket Fuel. So you guys actually remind me of um, that dynamic uh, that comes from the book, uh, just because of your different backgrounds. So it's really, really neat to see that in action. Thanks. I'm going to pick that up. (laughs) It's a good read. It's absolutely a good read. So um, you, you mentioned something, Dick, that I want to I want to um, highlight, you know, because you talked about finding the right partners, finding the right people. Right. And that's something that anybody that listens to this show can can relate to, because everybody that is listening that owns a business works with people, even if they're by themselves, they work with people. And there's a culture that's created within their company. Right. So um, with 17 locations, nine and nine in the works, how do you maintain that kind of scale and still um, keep to your vision and keep to the the kind of people that you want to be surrounded with? Great question. I think that that culture and and vision have to be coinciding with each other in in, in the process of educating them on your brand. And then when they become a part of that system, that they then are integrated into that system through a fantastic training program and an operations program and a support mechanism that that really drives the success of the business. And, and if that's not in place, that was one of the things that I really looked at at Ivy Kids was what does that part of the business model look like? Where, where are your training programs? Where's your operational support? And they were all well advanced beyond what the size of the company was, knowing that that as you as this happens and this just it just organically happens, that if it's not in place, then you will see a lot of failure and and it's not fun, right? It it just isn't. You but you want to set people up for success, put them into the systems, and then support them. Uh, you know, it's the term I've heard forever is, you know, when you're in a franchise, you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still all about following the system. Um, I'm actually going through a, a certified franchise executive training program right now through the International Franchise Association. And, and one of the, the parts that I saw this week was about this gentleman that built this business and, you know, a lot of locations and and. It's it was very simple, but it's not as simple as stated in the sense that the system's proven. If you follow the system, you have a greater chance for success than if you try to deviate it. And uh, I've seen that over the years where the people that that I mean, I mean, talks really well about this to to people that come in to our our business is that we, we are taking the leap of faith that you know nothing about this industry at all. You know, if you do, but you, you're, we're going to engross you in ours and our IV kit systems. And if you embrace them, you have a great chance for success. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, do you want to kind of talk, talk to that a little bit about, you know, um, how you built that foundation, um, how you built those systems and, and why uh, they are so successful at scaling across multiple locations? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think having that infrastructure and foundational is absolutely critical um, to build a f- successful franchise company. 
you know, you have to have great support. You have to have people that really understand the brand and not only uh, convey that those best practices, that training, but also how to motivate and how to uh, communicate with people. You know, at the end of the day, franchising is so people driven. You know, you're going to have different motivations. You're going to have different ways of unlocking that goal setting and that, you know, that, that, Hey, let's get from point A to point B with, with different people. So it's so important that that business consultant that goes in understands who that franchise owner is, is able to establish rapport, able to build trust and be able to get those little wins in order to get that franchisee to that goal. So operational components, it's the nuts and bolts of it, but also the people, uh, uh, component, which is, a huge skill that's needed uh, to be successful in this business. And I, I think when it comes to that franchisee too, it's exactly as Dick said, it's to instill many different aspects of being a great entrepreneur and business owner while instilling early on the importance of following a system. So things like bookkeeping, things like how to hire people, how to evaluate their performance, how to market, how to use tools like Facebook and Instagram. You know, what are the roles of franchising between the franchisor and the franchisee? Early childhood development components, health and safety. We assume that the franchisees do not know anything about any of these categories. And we have to build that skill set from ground up. Okay. While we're well, doing it's that, it's safer to assume that they don't, even if they do, right? Because whatever their preconceived mm -hmm. notions might be could be. Uh, different than what the ultimate goal is for the brand, right? That's exactly right. You can't make any assumptions. You have mm -hmm. to have you have to do that. And even uh, franchisees that have owned other businesses before that are in franchising, look, there's always components that they can learn. There's things that are very unique to this business, and you're you're absolutely right about that. We we have to make sure that they're at a certain baseline. It's it's a win win for both of us. If they go through, uh, you know, a, a very stellar training process while their school is under construction, love that. I mean, I mean, essentially, you're saying that's the franchisor's job to build the playbook, and it's the franchisee's job to run the place, right? That's right. Yeah, and and you know that that's true for for any business. By the way, you, you even if you are a one location, you still have to have your playbook, and you still have to run your own place, right? Um, so all those foundational concepts. Um, really get exposed when you scale. And I think you guys are living proof of that, right? Where if you don't have stuff dialed in, then scalability is not not possible, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've, we've thought about these things years ago, you know, and where we are in our development plan right now, that, that could not be possible without the investment in our infrastructure, in our training, in our people to get to where we are today, to make us feel confident about where we're trying to be in the next year or two. Awesome. You know, you, um, I mean, you mentioned trust. And so I, I, I want to talk about that because, we, you know, look, there's businesses of all kinds, but it takes a, it takes a special kind of uh, communication style to have the kind of trust um, required to educate and care for people's children, right? I mean, it's, you know, if I mess up a plumbing job, yeah, you got a leaky pipe, you know, the house gets wet, you know, that, that, that's something that can fit, that you can go back and fix as a business owner, that you can make it right. If you mess up somebody's 
somebody's kid in their development, that's a totally different conversation, right? So how do you ensure that something that important is that consistent? Um, and how do you communicate that trust with parents? Because I know as a parent, I'm not always the easiest one and the most receptive uh, uh, when it comes to anything involving my kid, right? Absolutely. I mean, trust is is first and foremost and, and is so critical in, in franchising and what we do. And you're absolutely right. What we do is we change children's lives and we want to change every child's life for the better that goes through our school, right? And that starts foundationally from safety. You know, I think having our safety procedures and components really sets us apart in our industry. You know, everything for how, ch- how teachers observe the children. Every 30 minutes, for example, in our school, the teachers have to do a name to face where they see the child, they are saying the child's name out loud and they're, and they're noting it in their child supervision records, okay? Or when they transition from there to the cafeteria, right? And we then have to have procedures to make sure that that child is doing it correctly or that teacher is doing it correctly. And then we have to have procedures on the franchisor end to make sure that the, the location is doing that correctly. And then we have to have a centralized process to review that. So there's, you know, in the safety component, if you've, you know, maybe gone through an engineering class or, or science, that's the Swiss cheese model. We have to make sure that every level of that safety, there's no hole. So that way it doesn't start with an issue from the top that's going to the bottom. But we also understand that, look, children learn by taking risk, right? And, and with that, there's so many components where observation is important and, and, and that, you know, the, the, the procedures are important, but also educating the parents on where that child is in that milestone. And that letting them know that, hey, if there happens to be an incident, that there's transparency there too, that that parent gets an incident report where they can see what happened and that it was observed and verified by the teacher, that they have a plan of action, right? And even things like us having camera access in the classroom and having transparent windows, that's another level of transparency where where parents can feel that, hey, Ivy Kids they are living by their policies. They're living by what they're saying because I can actually see what's happening in my child's classroom. So I think all of those things help with that foundational level of safety because you have to have that in place in order to get to the education components, the enrichment components, the food components, and the other things that make Ivy Kids very uh, very unique. Love that. I mean, it's clear that you guys have a process within a process within a process, right? Which you have to have, right? Yeah. So I, I want to take a step back from the business and talk about the leaders within it. So I would love some insight um, from each of you. We'll, you know, um, Dick, we'll start with you. Um, what is what is the single most impactful habit that you keep to allow you to do what it is that you do? Wow, that's a really good question. Uh, I, I think that consistency uh, and um, integrity are, are the two that just kind of go mesh hand in hand. Is that uh, I need to to make sure that that I'm I'm saying and and conveying the same thing that is factual basis and data, um, particularly about the business model. Um, and then from an integrity standpoint, is is just doing the right thing, right? It is just making sure that that there isn't anything that that I'm not here to sell anything to anybody. And, and I, I've actually heard that in 
in the franchising world where, you know, you're going to convince someone to, to become a part of a system. And there is no convincing. It's you have enough information to make a full, well-reasoned business decision to see if this is right for you, Mr. Mm-hmm. Candidate. And conversely, we as the franchisor have enough information on that candidate to determine if they're right for us. And if they match up, that's wonderful. Um, and that's the one beauty, I believe, of, of IB Kids is that, you know, bringing on a, a new franchise owner isn't dick and a mean. It's the whole entire team. So our operations team, our training team, our marketing team, our curriculum team, our real estate team, uh, you know, we all talk about those candidates to make sure that, you know, are, are they the right one? And if we had the crystal ball, well, I think that'd be a different story. We don't, but we try to take as much as we can to get to that final stage. Um, so as long as I can, I can stay true to my word and I can be consistent in my message that, that we have a pretty good opportunity to, to, to do the right thing. Well, that is very well said, Dick. Thank you. And there's one thing that you, you highlighted um, there that I want to make sure um, everybody heard. You talked about that selection process as being two-way, right? You talked about not only it, it, it being you being a fit for a potential candidate or a franchisee, right, but also them being a good fit for you. And I think that oftentimes we think of um, franchises as the flip of what uh, you know an employer hiring process is. It's like, oh, you know, if you're if you're hiring an employee, then it's you determining if the candidate's the right fit. And if you're joining a franchise, then it's the franchisee determining if the franchise is the right fit. But it's a two way street, right? <laughs> Um, yes. Always, it's a two way street. Um, your candidate should be interviewing you, uh, 100%. and vice versa, right? One hundred percent. I love that you mentioned that um, because, it, yeah, if it's not a fit, you don't you don't proceed. Love that. And and we've we've had to tell people that we don't think you're right for us, and and that's and it's okay. It's okay to have that conversation that maybe this isn't right for you. Maybe you need to go find something else that's going to be a better fit for you in your time, your investment, everything that you're putting into this, you're putting your whole life into this. And, you know, we don't want you to fail. We want you to be successful. Again, I go back to my crystal ball theory that I don't get to determine how they're going to be in the future. Uh, but but we do our best to, to try to determine whether they're going to they're going to be as successful as we want them to be, because quite frankly, we measure our success by their success. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's if if the franchisee is successful, then the franchisor is successful. And 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 if you look at it any different way, um, it, it's very difficult to to go down that road. Well, and that's true of any business relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if you are only as strong as as your people. Right Listen. at every level, at every single level. So, um, so uh, I mean, I want to go to you and 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 I'll 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 repeat the question because I know that we had a great discussion there and, and, and you may have forgotten it. So, w- what is the single most impactful habit that you keep that allows you to do what you do as a CEO? I, I think being driven by our mission and vision that and and being consistent with that is what what drives me as a CEO. You know, and and. And that mission and vision is first 
putting the children first, every decision that we make, is it the right decision for the children there? Is it improving their experience? Is it improving their lives? You know, the second one is serving our franchisees. Are we in the business of serving our franchisees? They are not serving us. We have to serve them. We have to provide a great playbook in order for them to execute it, right? And then thirdly is making empowered decisions. Are we building a team of really smart people that make great decisions? And am I empowering them to make those decisions? And that goes with the whole organization. Do they feel like they have ownership? They feel like, hey, we're making educated decisions. We're, we're talking as a team. You know, we don't make decisions in silos. I really want opinions of, of everybody. And I think that helps us make those empowered decisions. And, and our hope is that that matriculates to the entire organization. So I think those three things, they really excite me. And that drives me, you know, to get up every morning and, and do my job. Spoken like a true visionary and a CEO. So you answer that exactly how I expected you to. I'm telling you, you guys both need to read Rocket Fuel. <laughs> it's it's uncanny. I love Gino Wickman and, and Traction. It's it. All of his books are phenomenal, and and Rocket Fuel is no exception to that. Absolutely. You know, I I um we talk about books a lot on on this show because you know. The saying is true: leaders are readers, right? I mean, and you know that that application of education um, is huge. I mean, and you're in the education business, right? Uh, because no matter your age, whether you're you know two years old, three years old, or um, you know version uh, you know 4.0 or 5.2, you know whatever it, <laughs> whatever it is, education yeah. matters, right? So. Um, any, any parting words, any parting advice that either one of you gentlemen would, would pass to our audience that you feel like would be valuable if they're, if they're inspired by hearing your journey and they're wanting to do something similar for their own industry? You know, I think if you, I think if you're looking to, to franchise, I think first of all, it's an amazing model. You know, I think turning people that, you know, were maybe successful in one field and then being business owners, being able to achieve wealth is amazing. I love going to the conferences and conventions, meeting with our franchisees and getting excited if they're looking at a second location or they're feeling great in their first location. And I think it's wearing their shoes, you know, and having empathy and really understanding, hey, what is the best thing for them? And what are their pains? What are they looking for in their business? So I think having sympathy and empathy for that franchisee and building a structure and organization support around that is the key in, in, in franchising. Thank you, Mian. I appreciate that. Dick, did you want to add something to that? Yeah, I, I would say that, that you know, business ownership is, is really empowering. And, uh, you know, there's so many opportunities that are out there. Uh, franchising is for sure, in my world, I've lived it for years. is is not a guarantee for success, but it's it's a guarantee to find that proven system that that you know works that fits into the way that you want to build and grow your own business. And uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough, I guess, or however you might be, blessed enough to to get into it at a at a young age and 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 have the opportunity to grow and build businesses and. And I think that that you know there's opportunities out there for anybody. Um, so whatever you 
think you want to do or whatever you think your investment capabilities are, uh, you know, do your research. Um, go out and find the things that that may drive your passion, but look at things that you might not even consider and, and say, wow, I wouldn't even have thought about that, but I like the model. I like what the opportunities are, are available to me as, as a potential business owner. And then, you know, whether you want to be own one or you want to own a hundred, you still have to keep that focus on the vision and, and the focus on, you know, what's going to drive this business and, and what is it that, that I want to accomplish with the business. Um, but it, it, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it, it really is. Well, and you know, I, I, I want to, first of all, say thank you to both of you gentlemen for your time and in your mentor mentorship, because, um, business is all about sharing with others and, and allowing everybody to grow in wealth and experience. Right. Um, and it's clear that both of you while coming from different backgrounds had that early mentorship, um, that that was a catalyst for you to be where you are today. And you just sharing your story today and you sharing your knowledge with your franchisees and the other people you're you're uh, you're in relationship with is also a way to pass that legacy on. So I just appreciate the time that you guys have spent today. Um, and I know it's going to be valuable to the people that are listening. So if they're interested in getting a hold of you guys, what would be the best way uh, for them to, to, to reach out? Sure. So definitely send us an email. We're, we're happy to do that. You know, I'm checking my email all the time. It's Amin at ivykids.com and, and Dick at ivykids.com. You know, I'm also on LinkedIn. So feel free to connect or follow uh, Dick and I or, or Ivy Kids there. Um, and uh, yeah, you can and, and just give us a call on the Ivy Kids franchise website, too, if you're interested in learning more about our opportunity there. Awesome. Thank you guys again so much. And thank you guys for listening. You know, look, if, you, if you've enjoyed this conversation with Amin and with Dick at Ivy Kids, you know, make sure you reach out. We'll, we'll have their information in the show notes so you guys can can connect with them. And if you like this show, chances are you probably need to do all that podcast stuff. Hit the subscribe button. Listen to our other shows. Um, and, you know, we have a full network of other business-related shows on our full podcast network and that is located at smallbusinessdelivered.com. So again, thank you guys for tuning in to another story in business and keep keeping that entre entrepreneurial spirit alive. No matter how small your business is, keep in mind that you have a big story to tell. So tune in next time for another great story in business.